Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I have three scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and Romans chapter 5. Let's see where my third one is here. I think it's in, uh, well, if we get to it, glory to God. Yeah, I'll find it in a minute. Let's start out with uh, Romans chapter 5. Now, I love studying the Gospels. One thing about the Gospels, when you read about Jesus, when he walked upon the earth, especially during that three and a half years in which he was anointed by the Holy Ghost and just, you know, did signs, wonders, miracles, all kinds of wonderful things. You know, he demonstrated the defeat of the devil before the devil was ever defeated by him for us. Always understand that God never had a problem with the devil. We did. Amen. Now, I know his problem in the garden that took place, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that more when we talk about redemption. But I'm telling you what, everything about God and everything about Jesus and everything about the Holy Ghost in our lives is rooted in victory. And I'm just going to say something here, and you may not agree mentally with it, but I trust your spirit man will grab it on the inside, and that is this. You are victorious. Now, now you're going to be victorious one day. We are victorious. We are birthed. When we are born again, we are birthed into victory. Anybody know what victory is? That means you're the winner. That means you win. That means you get the provision of God in your life, the blessing, the healing, the prosperity, whatever it is. Now, the enemy has fought against that victory ever since the day it was established when Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, that first 500 people that Jesus spoke to there when he ascended to heaven, out of that only 120 showed up at the upper room. Well, what happened to the other 380? Well, obviously the devil fought them. Or they were busy. Or the ball game was on. The fish were biting. The ducks were flying. Amen. The cowboys were playing. Where's Roy? <laughs> Amen. I don't know what it was, but I, listen, I wouldn't want to miss that. I said, I wouldn't have wanted to have missed that. I'd like to have been right there on the day of Pentecost. Well, thank God we're here now. Amen. And we don't want to miss what God is doing. But here's the thing. When Jesus died upon the cross, his death in no way was a defeat. Did you know how, there's no way to estimate how many people died on crosses. I know according to one historical account that they, they literally hung people on a cross 50 miles on each side of the road entering into Rome at one time during uh, 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 the persecution of Christians by the government of Rome. Could you imagine 50 miles of people hanging on crosses? You talk about ugly. But there was one person that hung on a cross and he didn't hang on it like anybody else did because he'd been beaten, he'd been bruised. But not only that, something spiritual happened to him in his acclamation of everything that was wrong with us. He accumulated all of our sin. He accumulated all of our unrighteousness. He, he accumulated our motivation to sin, which was the iniquity. He accumulated every sin we would ever commit past, present, and future, and he eradicated it upon the cross. That's why the Bible says, for the preaching of the cross is unto them that foolishness, unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us it is the power of God. Amen. And let me tell you, church, I feel in the spirit 
We've been, for many, many years of our own ministry, there's been a major emphasis on doctrine and a minor emphasis on demonstration. That's beginning to change. Well, there's going to come a major emphasis on demonstration and power and people getting set free and delivered and being touched by the power of God. And a lot of these people outside uh, the church that think the church is some stuffy place with a, you know, a bunch of hypocrites. Amen. That's what one guy said. Well, I don't want to go to church. You know, everybody there is so hypocritical. I said, well, why don't you just come and join the rest of us? <laughs> Amen. No, I'm telling you, we're going to see a demonstration of the life and power of God. You know, I, I share something with you. It's, it, it's uh, kind, of, kind of unique to me. I was in ministry, when I began in field ministry and began to travel to places and preach, every once in a while, and I'm telling you, it was like maybe once a year. Well, maybe a couple of years, that might have been twice. But, but usually once a year, somewhere... At some place, we would have this, quote, meeting. And it would just go way beyond any of the praise and worship, any of the preaching or teaching, anything. It would just, it would just be literally, the only way I could describe it, it would be like an explosion of the Holy Ghost going on in a, in a building. Just, just the building would contain it, but the people would all, I mean, just boom. I mean, like you'd blink your eyes, and all of a sudden, all of this demonstration would be going on. Nobody would be laying hands ministering, so to speak. I'm not against that. I love to minister to people. I remember one time I was so close to the, to the person on the front row, I could put my hand on their head like that. And then I was so tight in this building, I could take one step back and my back would be against the wall. Well, it wasn't that, it wasn't that there was such a massive crowd in this place. It was that I was in a place in which people had basically never heard much of what I was teaching and definitely had never experienced a move of the Holy Ghost. And I'll never forget, I was teaching on, uh, out of Acts chapter 10, on the elements or the ingredients of revival. And, and as I began to close the service, because of the room we were in, it was like a schoolroom, and there was about 100 people there, maybe 110, 120 people, and there were two doors, and then the, there was no air conditioning. This was over in Europe. And so all the windows on this side were open. And I'm, I remember, I'm, I'm getting to the last part of Acts chapter 10, as Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way to minister to anybody. I guess if we give an altar call, we'll go out on the hall. I mean, I'm thinking these thoughts, they're going through my mind. And all of a sudden, in the very back, on this side of the, where the windows were open, a little Irish grandma started to laugh. And you could tell she was embarrassed and she was trying to suppress it and hold it back. And the more she tried to hold it back, the harder she laughed. And I thought, well, they, they, they listen, these people, this is a service where nobody ever amened. Nobody ever said hallelujah. They didn't know to. They never sat in a service where people amen and said hallelujah. Praise and worship was led with a guitar, with a guitar player and a lady singing some, some nice songs that were sung. But in reality, services like we had, they had no idea. They had all come out of just stark religion. Now, as she began to laugh, and as, as you could tell, she was embarrassed. But all of a sudden, it went right up the aisle she was sitting on. Just, just one, the next person, the next, next. Then it just swept toward me, and I just stood back. I stood back against the wall. Didn't say, just folded my hands. Now, these people, listen, they didn't know, they didn't know anything about the move of the Spirit, anything about the Holy Ghost. 
And the power of God, the only way I can describe it is it came in waves. It came in waves. It'd come and you'd hear that laughter just rise and people would be laying on the floor holding their bellies, bent over in their chairs, and then it'd kind of recede and people get, and then it'd rise again, then it'd recede, then it'd rise again. And it was amazing. In one of those, in one of those little dips, a man raised his hand. And I said, yes, sir. I mean, I, I figured I'm up for anything. What's going on here, you know? And he said, you know, he has that, that Irish brother. He said, uh, he said, sir, I went through, how do you say it? I went through the windscreen, landed on the boot. No, no, no. I went through the windscreen, landed on the bonnet. It's the boot and the bonnet. How many know what the boot and the bonnet is? I went through the windscreen, that's the windshield, and I landed on the bonnet. That's the hood. Amen? And he said, my entire shoulder was destroyed. The rotator cup, uh, everything in it was destroyed. He said, this, this arm is laid limped at my side. Frame. He says, look at this, look at this. Look. Boy, you talk about getting wild. That place really got wild then. And that wave hit again. And then and another, a little lady lifted her hand. And she said, sir, may I say something? I said, <laughs> go right ahead. She said, my neighbor brought me. This is all very strange to me. But I had pneumonia, and when I opened my mouth to laugh, the pneumonia came out of me. Now, all the congestion is everything. I mean, miracle after miracle, people got right with God. People got saved. People were standing in the hall speaking in other tongues. I'm like, oh, my God. So these things happened to me. I could tell you service after service, but they were usually a year apart. And the Lord spoke to me one time and said to me, I do not allow you to flow in the fullness of what's coming, but I do allow you to taste it from time to time. And I was like, oh my God, you mean this is what you're going to be doing in the last days? We were in a meeting in Edmond, Oklahoma, and the, it was two or three years later, and the glory got hit like that, and I was like, I just stood back. I was just like, I backed up against the wall again. It was hilarious watching the ushers trying to catch people falling. It started with a little lady that sat in the back. She sat on the aisle because she took care of my, uh, my tape table, my product table. So they had her a place on the aisle so when the service wound down, she could slip out to the foyer and stand behind that table and, and take the money for the CDs and things. I think back then it was cassette tapes we were selling. And so uh, uh, she was a little uh, full-figured. <laughs> Amen. And she got up, and I thought, I thought to myself when she got up, I thought, now, now wait, that's too early for her to be going out there. We're not quite finished. And she came up the aisle, and the only way I can describe it, if you ever played much pinball, and, you, and that ball goes up and comes down, bing, 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 she was doing that coming up the aisle. Bing, 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 bing. Well, by the time she got to the front, the ushers were kind of cued, and so there were two ushers running behind her like this. And they'd go like this, and she'd fall over there and bounce like a ball. Boink. Pew. And they'd go over here to try to catch her, and she'd bounce again. Boink. And she'd go over here. And, and when they did, I mean, the Holy Ghost just swept that place. Signs, wonders, miracles, the power of God. But what amazed me is a man got out of the, up out of the seat in the back. And he walked straight up the aisle and walked straight up to me and said this. I have been a practicing Satanist for 40 years. He actually said, I've come to disturb this service, but now I know Jesus is Lord. 
I said, take my hand. I actually, I said this, what? <laughs> I was like, what did you just say? And he said it again. I said, pray this prayer. He had both of my hands, I remember. And he prayed the sinner's prayer. I let go of it, and I watched him as he fall. He fell, and when his head hit the floor, he's speaking in other tongues. See, those kinds of things, they're not just reserved off in the past for us to give testimonies about. God was giving us a signal for what's coming. For what's coming. You say, why? Because God didn't establish us in a place of defeat where we have to fight ourselves into the victory. He has established us in victory. You are born again into every victory Jesus Christ has gotten for us through His death, burial, and resurrection. Listen, you are a victor. You are a champion. Amen? Who was it? The band that sang, we are the, we are the champion? Bless their hearts. They weren't. We are. Somebody needs to rewrite that song. Amen? Because we are. We are the champions upon this earth. We might not be the ones robed in, in royal apparel or, or driving the, the nicest cars or flying the nicest private jet, but we are the victorious believers, sons and daughters of a royal God in heaven that cannot be defeated on this earth by the devil, the flesh, or the world. Now, Romans chapter 5. Let me get it here. Romans chapter 5. Let me read it. King James first. Verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Everybody say, by one. Now, always remember the factor of one. You say, what do you, what do you mean? Because Satan caused one man to fall. That gave God the right to use one man to redeem us. Are you with me? Thank God for that. Amen. But now notice what it says. If by one man's offense, death reigned by one, I like this phrase, much more. Much more. Y'all go study the much mores of the Bible. You, you'll get real, ex real excited when you study the much mores of the Bible. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Now this establishes two things right here. Number one, that these two, these two, uh, 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 what, what can we call them? Divine character traits of righteousness, everybody say righteousness, and grace, everybody say grace, have been given to us through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by that grace and righteousness, we, everybody say we, we are to reign in life. Everybody say, reign in life. Now, let me read in the Amplified. I love it in the Amplified. For if because one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through one, through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's, God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign, now notice this, this amplifies it, reign as kings, everybody say kings, reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, God calls you to do what? To reign in life as a king. Now, see, that's our problem is we don't, we don't, we don't develop nor ma maintain royal mentality. 
Now think about that a minute. You say, what do you mean royalty? Royalty thinks differently than we do. That's why we need to adjust our thinking into how royalty thinks. Now, we could go through all the things about how they think rich, they think, no, no, no. How do kings reign on this earth? Does anybody know? They reign through their decrees. A king, I know, I know we're not near as familiar with it, being in so many different governments or now uh, republics are, 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 are run some other way. But back when the days when the kings ruled, they, had, they, they sat on a throne and they spoke. And as they decreed, amen, their decrees were acted upon and carried out. Now you need to establish yourself in the victory that God has given you in Christ, and you need to begin the process of reigning in your life through your decrees. Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, if the, if, the, if the king talks to the general and says, you know, we got a problem, you know, over on the western border, there's an army trying to attack, get your army and go over there. The king doesn't get up and go, he decrees. And the general gets the army and goes, does what they're trying to do. You've got to understand something, church. There's some power working in you you don't know nothing about. There's the power of the Word of God. There's the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's the power of the name of Jesus. There's the power of agreement. There's the power of prayer. Listen, God said that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. God wants us to reign and uh, in life as kings through that mighty power. You say, why? Because there's an angelic host that backs us up. God himself through his word backs us up. And let me tell you, I heard a preacher say this years ago. He said, if the devil could nullify one drop of the blood of Jesus, he could have me. But I'm telling you, church, he cannot nullify one drop of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which cleanses us, delivers us, sets us free, and protects us. Amen? I'm telling you, I, I thank God for the protection that we have in Christ. Now, everybody say, reign in Christ. Reign as kings. Everybody say, reign as kings. In Christ. Now, real quick, let me. Second one I wanted to look at. Uh, I'll come, I'll go to, go, go to uh, I've got it here in my. Go to 1 John. Go to 1 John. I think I lost my. No, oh, here it is. 1 John, chapter 5. I'm going to just start reading in verse 1. 1 John, chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever, believe, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How many believe that? Well, you're born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that uh, loveth him that begot, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know we have by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we should keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. Everybody say grievous. Next verse, verse 4. For whosoever, it says whatsoever in the King James, but you should write the what and put who. Amen. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now let me say something, church. I know all of us read that scripture. We've read by it many times. I know sometimes we'll take and meditate on it. But I'm going to tell you, more than any other generation, more than any other season, 
upon this earth, the church needs to rise up as overcomers and victorious over the world. That word world is the word cosmos relating to a system implemented on this world by the enemies of God. Well, this, the, the world's trying to make me do this. Try, you got to overcome it. How do I overcome it? You get, you get wisdom from God, then you walk in his power. I said, you get wisdom from God, then you walk in his power. I was talking to a pastor the other night. He and I were talking together. I've known him for, oh, Lord, 30-something years. And so we were just kind of fellowship and catching up. So he, so he looked at me and said, well, what, what, what's the Lord saying to you? I said, I'm telling you, you better, we better serve God. I said, we better, we better get close. He, he looked at me. He said, that's exactly what God's been telling to me. We need to be close to God. We need to be walking closer to God than any generation has ever walked. We as individuals need to be closer to God than we've ever been. If we don't, then this world is going to take us over. Amen. Amen? Now listen, it may not look like we have much in the natural to do anything with. But I'm telling you, in the spirit... If you could see in the spirit realm, you'd see there's no army on this planet. There's no government on this planet. There's no individual leader upon this planet. There's no disease upon this planet. There's no economic disaster upon this planet. There's nothing on this planet that is bringing doom, gloom, and destruction that can touch a believer if he will walk in the covenant of God and that which God has called him into and walk and reign as a king in the victory that God has given us. A lot of stuff happens on this planet because the church lets it happen. I remember listening to a couple of ministers that have gone on to be with the Lord that were, one of them in particular was a prophet of God. And God showed him down through his ministry. Now, if you'd have prayed and got the victory here, this nation would not have gone into a recession. And the Lord, he said to the Lord, well, why are you putting that on me? I mean, that's kind of the guy he was, you know. He said, well, why, why are you saying that? He says, because with the, with the authority and the power that I've given you comes the responsibility for you to stay in your place. Now let me read this again. I like it. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now notice. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Now notice. Even our faith. Well, preacher, why do you preach so much on faith? This is the victory Amen. that overcometh the world. Even our faith. You need to hear that again. You need to hear that with your spirit. This is not going to one day be the victory. This might be the victory when the rapture takes place. Oh, this will be the victory when we all get to heaven. No, down here in the nasty now and now, this is the victory. What is the victory? The knowledge that we have it, don't need to get it. It's already ours, which we grasp by our faith and say what? No, devil. Listen, let me say this. Listen, if you're watching and you don't know these things, then you'll know. Amen. A lot of what the Christian religious world calls the sovereignty of God is the unwillingness of the Christian world to find out who they are, what they have, 
what they can do in Christ. And so the devil runs roughshod over their church, over their families, over everything that's going on and over the nations that they live in. Because they are stuck in a religious mindset that tells them the life and power of God passed away with the last apostle and all this stuff is irrelevant and anybody that practices it is of the devil. But you've got to understand, if we've got a church of 10 people or 10,000 people, if we are the overcomers that God has called us to be, we will have an influence and an impact in the area in which we live in pushing back the darkness so that God will move and can move in our midst. This is the victory that overcometh what? The world. Let me, let me help you. This is the victory that helps us as a believer overcome everything the world is propagating. Everything. Everything. COVID and anything that comes after it. Racism and all that. They're trying to do that stuff. All of the different things that this world system is shoving down the throats of this world and saying, you have to swallow it. We're overcomers. I said, we're overcomers. I said, we're overcomers. You say, well, what if we're forced? We're still overcomers. We're still overcomers in every area in which we choose to walk in the victory that God's given us in Christ. Now, let me read the Amplified. I love it in the Amplified. It says, For whosoever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world. You haven't done much conquering, have you? You get to conquering some things, and here's what God will do. He'll give you an unction to start cleaning up your own life. Attitudes, ideas, habits, addictions, all kinds of little things you may hold on to in the past, the present, the future. You hang on to, hang on to. God says, no, I've got something better for you. You're going to walk in love toward everybody. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what uh, the color of their skin is. Number one, if they're brother and sister with you in Christ, then they're your brother and sister. Number two, if they're not, then they are your assignment to bless and to bring into the kingdom of God. Other than that, you just got to realize we're all, as the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 17, we're all of one blood. I said we're all of one blood. Now, Real quick, go to 1 Corinthians 15. See if we can wind it up here. How many going to get in the victory and stay in the victory? You know, sometimes, I remember the first time I ever heard Brother Osteen preach on the scripture in, in uh, Romans, Romans chapter 5, and he used the Amplified. He actually uh, uh, wrote a book, Reigning in Life as Kings. Great book. If you can get it, get it and read it. It's, it's really good about what, what it says in Romans chapter 5. But when I first began to hear that, I didn't understand everything about it, especially everything that I understand now. I mean, I was just a kid. I was in Bible school, 28 years old, just come back to the Lord. But my pastor got up there and said, you don't have to get the victory. See, I thought I did. I thought that was one of my biggest problems. I ain't got no victory in my life. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no nothing. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm at zero. What am I going to do? And then it began to be taught to me, no, you're, you're, you're victorious. You're, you're more than a conqueror. 
Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. And I begin to say that. I'm victorious. I didn't even know anything about it. And I just begin to say, I'm victorious. I'm not going to be a winner. I am a winner. I'm not going to be a champion. I am a champion. I, I, and then as I begin to grow in the things of faith, I begin to see what God actually invested in this great redemptive act and how it's transferred to us through salvation. Amen? And through salvation, we become partakers of that divine nature as we live in the precious promises of God. And God says, by the participation or the partaking of that divine nature, I'm going to make an escape route for you. You're going to escape the corruption that is in this world through the lust of evil and wicked men. He said, well, I don't see no way out of any of this. God says, I'll make an escape. I'll make a way. Now, this is, this is, this is kind of... This is really some good shouting stuff here, so if you feel like shouting, go ahead. Let me find it here in my King James. Chapter 15, let's start in verse, verse 50. 15, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Everybody say changed. That word's the word metamorpho, which means from the inside out. We shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, this is speaking of your physical body. Do you realize this? Do you realize you, 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 are, you are serving such a God and believing such a doctrine that one day you're going to take off this corruptible body, this mortal body, and put on one that's made incorruptible and immortal. Woohoo! Amen? I don't know if that... That didn't thrill me much when I was 18, but at 65, I'm a lot more excited about that than I've ever been. Amen. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. Everybody say immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be then it shall be brought to pass uh, the saying that is written: Death is swallowed up in victory. Everybody say victory. victory. Then it says this. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Everybody say the victory. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me read it in my Passion Bible. So I tell you this, my brothers and sisters, flesh and blood shall not be able to inherit God's kingdom, and neither will that which is decaying be able to inherit that which is incorruptible. Listen, and I tell you a divine mystery. Not all of us will die, but we will be transformed. It will happen in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye. For when the last trumpet sounded, the dead will come back to life, we will be indestructible. We will be transformed. For we, do, we will discard our mortal clothes and slip into a body that is imperishable. 
I'm ready for the slipping in day. No off the rack. It's all custom. Built just for you. Amen. That was I say, built just for me. That which is mortal will put on immortality. That which decays is exchanged for that which will never decay. Then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me, death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting, the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors. Now notice this, this changes the whole, the, the whole format of what's being said. What's being said is futuristic, futuristic, one day, one day. Then the, the, the Holy Ghost by the Apostle Paul pulls it right into the day. Everybody say right into the day. Now notice, but we thank God for giving us, for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So now, beloved ones, stand firm, stable and enduring. Live your life. Now listen, live your lives with an unshakable confidence. Now listen to this. This is talking about right now. We know we prosper and excel in every season. Now you need to, you, I can tell right now, you're going to have to go meditate on that. You say, why? Because if you look out there and you say, well, I, I tell you, Pastor, I'm telling you, there's, there's diseases, there's, there's financial upheaval, uh, things are being done, put into place. It looks like we're just keep going down and down financial. Well, how are we going to overcome this? We've already overcome this. We walk in the faith of what that which God has already supplied us. Listen, now he is using a promise that stands ahead of us that he has already fulfilled. He has taken off immortality. Excuse me, he, 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 Jesus, has taken off the mortality and put on the immortality. He has taken off the corruption and put on the incorruption. Are you with me? And because of that one day, whether you go in the grave or go up in the rapture, you're still going to shuck this death-doomed body and a glorified one will be supplied. Amen. Amen. But then God says that is a taste of what is to come. Therefore, in the present, with the knowledge of what you have. Now think about this. This is really kind of sad to think about. But think how, how people that don't know Jesus like you do, how they view death. I'll tell you some of the saddest services I've ever conducted as a pastor has been for funerals of people that they did not know if they were saved or not. You could feel it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the service, this unknowing. But I'll tell you, I've preached some other ones that were glorious homegoings of God that we had to all keep our feet on the ground just to keep from going up with them. Amen? You say, why? There is an expectancy of that which is coming. You, listen, 
Thank God for the life we can live on this earth. You can drink as deep as you want to out of the cup of life. I mean, faith is unrestricted. Go ahead and just believe God for whatever you want to believe God for. But here's the thing. There is a day coming, and the Bible says of believers in this dispensation that we would be those that would taste of the powers of the world to come. What do you think Jesus was doing in demonstration after he was literally uh, literally just empowered by the Holy Ghost? He went about as a demonstration of how we should be walking right now. Not in the millennial right now. Now. That means when, when we run across sick people, we ought to be their answer. We run across people that are not saved, we ought to be their answer. We should be the answer to every problem of life because we are bearers of the name of Jesus. Amen. But then he says this. I like how he says it. He says, now, in the meantime, before you get these wonderful bodies that are not going to decay or die, it says, stand firm. Stable. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. Now notice, we know, not believe. We know, not believe. We know that we prosper and excel in every season. Well, Pastor, I'm just in one of those seasons, you know, where, where everything's going wrong. And everything. That's not what the Word says. Even if you feel like you're in a season like that, get out of it. You get out of it. Quit waiting around for God to get you out of it. Well, I'm just waiting for the God to move. And Well, how long have you been? Well, it's been about 15 years, but you know God is faithful. <laughs> he obviously is, but you're not. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't have been in that thing for 15 years. Stand in faith. Declare your victory. Reign and rule as a king. You are victorious. You're not going to be. You are victorious in your health, in your finances, in your mind, in your family, at your job, in your church. Never let setbacks set you back. Keep moving forward in the things of God. We prosper in every season by serving the Lord. Because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Now, people rarely save the King James for the, for the conclusion when they're reading all these other translations. But listen to it in the King James, that last scripture. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Well, preacher, what good does it do to do all that praying? What good does it do to do all that studying of the Word of God and reading the Bible, coming to church? What good? Let me tell you, it does a world of good. It begins slowly to work on the inside of you. The more you embrace it, the more you pull it into your life, the more it becomes the relative power of your life. You lose the ability of self and gain the ability of God. Self, I don't care who you are. You say, well, there's some people that have achieved some mighty great things without God. Sure they have in the world system. But I'm going to tell you, there's been some people in the kingdom that have achieved some mighty great things. With thousands and millions of people being born again, churches being birthed all over the world, signs, wonders, and miracles, the goodness of God. I like when, I like when uh, who was it that was so down and out? I think it was Elijah. And he said, I'm the only one around here serving God. And God says, no, 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 no. There's 7,000 reserved that hadn't bowed their knee to Baal. 
You're not defeated. I don't care what you may be going through today. I don't care what you may be facing. I know things are daunting. Decisions are having to be made that people thought they would never have to make in their lives. And it's freaking them out. It's like, oh my God, why, why is this happening? And I'm not here to, to discuss the, the morality of it or the legality of it. All I'm here to do is to say, you know, Jesus said, last thing he said, Mark, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Now that'd be good enough, wouldn't it? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Well, man, we could just rejoice and jump up and down. But then he said this, I'll be with you always. But then he says, even until the end of the age. What he did is he separated a portion of time and he called it out 2,000 years ago. He says, yeah, I'm going to be with you always. Always, I'll be with you. Amen? But at the end of time, you're going to really know it. I truly believe by prayer, and by what I know in my own spirit, that there is a grace that we are entering into as a church that has been reserved for the last days. A grace for healing, a grace to prosper and have finances and money. Some of you, you may be threatened with job loss or, 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 or all kinds of, it doesn't matter. Remember what the scripture said, doesn't matter what the season of the world is. God's seasons are always seasons of blessing and increase and harvest and the goodness of God and all that God wants to do in our life. And I'm telling you, we're entering into a season right now. And there may be some things in this season that we've never faced before. I've never thought, I've never thought in my mind that the church in America might, might have to become a defiant church. You say, what do you mean by defiant? Well, they keep throwing stuff at us. It's the, the world system. Let me tell you what the world system wants to do. And I, when I say the world system, I'm talking about every government on this planet. I'm talking about all those involved. In, well, there's good people in government. Yes, I know there is. But the system is corrupt. And what the system wants is this shut down, especially this. Not just this, you know, where we, where, what did we say the other day? I heard somebody, I think it was Rudy Vitoshnik that said that. You know, uh, ring a bell, wave a feather, light a candle. We do a little more than that around here. Amen. But the world system hates this. Number one, it's the name of Jesus. Number two, it's the things we teach and preach. Number three, it's the breaking of racial barriers. It's the breaking of, of, of financial barriers. All of the things that this system has kept people segregated one from, an, from another. God just brings all the people that he loves into the church. He's not looking at colors. He's not looking at creeds. He's not looking at geographical location. He's looking at people. For God so loved the world. And he brings them into the church. And as he brings them into the church, we get a true picture of what heaven's going to look like. Amen? But here in the nasty now and now, you have to be convinced that your victory is not out here someplace and you're trying to get it. Your victory is right here. And you're using your faith to bring that victory up out of you and to affect every aspect of your life. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you so much for the victory that you've given us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes, he was wounded for our transgression. Yes, he was bruised for our iniquity. Yes, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And yes, by his stripes we're healed. But even more than that, yes, he did come out of that tomb. Yes, he did rise from the grave. Yes, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And the fact that we are here together today 
is proof of his resurrection power. We thank you for it, Father. We rejoice in it in Jesus' name. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. Maybe you've never been saved or born again. It's very easy to understand what that is. We are all born into a particular family. But the, but the universal family that we're born into is the human family. The human family was corrupted 6,000 years ago. Creation fell, but thank God redemption never will. God looked down and saw the world and saw its great need to be restored to himself and saw the inability of man to do it, so he sent his son. He named him Jesus. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He never built a building or painted a picture. He never wrote a novel. He never owned a piece of property. But his name is known more than any other name that's ever been spoken down through the eons of time. Before his name was Jesus, his name was the Word of God. And as he comes back for his church, and seven years later comes back as the Messiah to the Jewish people, he will be called the Word of Almighty God. It's accepting and receiving Not only the individual of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but everything he's done for you through his redemptive work. You declare him Lord. You declare him Savior. You declare him the one who has taken your heart and brought it to his own. If you're here today, say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to get right with God or I need to be saved. I want to pray with you and we'll do it very discreetly, privately. We want to ask you to come up here. We'll do it congregationally. If that's you, lift your hand real quick. Say, pray for me. Just lift it up, put it back down, and we'll include you in that prayer. Anyone at all? One hand, God bless you. Anyone else? Another would raise your hand. Praise God. We'll all stand in just a minute. I see another hand. God bless you. We'll all stand in just a minute. Pray this prayer together. Anyone else? Quickly, you say, that's me, Pastor. I just need, I need to know when I walk out this church, I am right with God. Well, we can pray and you can know. God can give you that assurance. Anyone else? Quickly. We've had two raise their hands. Praise God. Help me, ushers, just a second. Praise God. Everybody stand, if you will. Church, you going to help us? Stand, if you will. Now, you two that raised your hand, make sure you pray this prayer out loud so you can hear your own ears praying it. And after we've prayed it, you settle it that you're right with God. Everybody say, right with God. Don't let that be a question. And when the enemy comes to you and says, you're not right with God, say, shut up. In Jesus' name. Amen? Just tell them to shut up. Everybody out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I declare Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior. Thank you, Father. You sent your son Jesus, a great act of love. You sent him for me, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles, died on a cross, rose from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father. He did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Thank you, Lord. My sins are remitted, eradicated, erased, dissolved, thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against me. Heavenly Father, if I've sinned after I've been born again, Thank you. You've given me forgiveness. I appropriate the blood which cleanses me from all sin. 
all unrighteousness. As I stand, Island Church, second week of October, I'm right with God. I'm right. I'll stay right in Jesus' name. Amen. Now shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now quickly, tonight at 7, 7 o'clock, isn't it, Brother Roland? 7 o'clock, we'll gather uh, over in the prayer room to pray. Come and be with us as you can, if you can, every night. Now, I know not, uh, there's a lot of people who can't come every night. Pick a night or two and come and pray with us. Be a part of what God's doing here in your church. Prepare your own heart for what's going to go on next week. Well, not next week, but the week after at Fall Harvest. Listen, these men that get up and flow in the Holy Ghost, if they minister to anybody, I want them to minister to you. If anybody gets healed, you need to be healed. If anybody needs to get set free, you need to be the one set free. You say, why are you saying that? We're the, we're the ones that's contending for this. Now, we trust all of our visitors will get ministered and touched by God. But there's no reason we need to sit back and say, well, we'll wait till later. No, let's get everything we can get from God when we can get it. Amen. So be faithful to the Lord. Let that unction be on the inside of you. And I guarantee you, you'll be blessed. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word, which strengthens and informs us, your power, which delivers and heals us, and your protection that goes before us, preparing the way. All week long, Father, we have places to go, people to see, things to do. But we declare your divine protection will be upon us in all things. Father, as we travel on the highways, seaways, airways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare ourselves protected. Father, in the righteous labor of our hands, the resource you've given us. And Father, I declare resources come, resources go, but the source never changes. And I thank you, the security of knowing the source. Lord, if there has to be a change of resource, we trust you to bring us to the place you need us to be. We push back. We stand in the victory that you've given us in Christ. Father, we push back against the diseases and sicknesses of the hour. Lord, we're entering into the fall and winter. Whatever flus, whatever colds, whatever route this COVID takes, we stand resistant on the front end. Resisting in the name of Jesus. And if we are attacked with symptoms, we will stand, declare our victory, and worship and praise the God of our deliverance. Thank you for it, Father. Stir the fires of evangelism in us. As we leave today, let us be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in people's lives. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Lord. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood. Anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.